0: Hello. <laughs> And welcome to Let's Talk About It. I am your host, Taylor, and today we are getting into masculinity. I'm very excited to speak with our guest today, Dr. Dane, who is an internationally renowned author, speaker, and facilitator of consciousness and change. For almost over 17 years, he's been inviting people to embrace their true greatness, people from every culture, country, age, um, social strata of society. Originally, he was trained as a chiropractor and he has a completely different approach to healing by facilitating people to tap into and recognize their own abilities and knowing. In his talks and his workshops, he uses a unique set of tools and helps provide step-by-step energetic processes to get people out of the the answers, conclusions, and judgments that are really keeping them stuck in the cycles of no choice and no change, which leads them into the moments of awe that have the power to change anything. And in his uh, book, In Return of the Gentleman, Dr. Dane empowers men and women who want to understand the men in their lives um, to answer the questions at the heart of this challenge. Uh, Dane, Dr. Dane says that first and foremost, being a true gentleman is about being the greatest you can be as a man, whatever that looks like for you which I love. Uh, He shares this in his book, which is full of tools and strategies that will help you get there. Uh, According to Dr. Dane, for so long, men have been sold on the idea that masculinity is related to factors such as physical strength, uh, the car we drive, basically how much of an alpha we can be as that's what validates men. And if men reject that version of masculinity, they risk being left in no man's land where they're so determined not to be an alpha that they've become the opposite, a doormat or worse yet, a snag, which stands for sensitive new age guy. And all of this leaves men with very limited options to be an asshole, a snag, or a doormat. It's no wonder that they seem to be some of the only roles for men to take on in today's world. Uh, So I'm very much on board with what Dr. Dane has said about masculinity. And uh, I'm really happy that he's been doing some of this work to kind of create healthy versions of masculinity and just help men get a little bit more in touch with this. So without any further ado, I'm really excited for this conversation and to hear some of Dr. Dane's personal story. So, welcome, Dr. Dane, to the show. Thank you so much for being here.
1: I am very happy to be with you too, Taylor. How are you doing?
0: I am doing very well, and I just have to say, like right off the bat, you just have some really great energy to you. Thank you. Yes, just so so it takes one
1: to know one, my dear.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just very, very positive. Um, I appreciate that, Um, and I know a lot of. A lot of your work has also been around kind of energy and, and consciousness, which I, I'm somewhat familiar with, but would definitely love to dig into that a little bit more with you. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and first, I think an exciting place to maybe start off with here before we jump into talking about masculinity and everything is what is this masculinity crisis? like? How would you describe this, what it looks like, how we got here?
1: Well, so let me talk about, so basically, you know, 50 years ago, men had an idea of who they were. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: as long as they were being that, now it was a box. Yes. Okay. But, (laughs) but in that box, there was a a sense of, I am man, I am good. You know, Mm -hmm. if I do this, this is, so they had, they had their roles defined rather dynamically, but if they followed the definition Everything was cool, and they're like, "This is me as a man," and then this is women as women. Now, let's let's face it, change is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, thank goodness that has changed. But in the changing of not just the gender dynamics, but really this this change, it's there have been massive changes going on in in all areas of of the world we live in. You know, and we all know this. But what it's created for the men that are the ones that don't fit the alpha male stereotype Mm -hmm. is this place where they don't feel like they have a home. They don't, they don't know how to be, they don't know that it's okay to actually be kind and caring toward women. And at the same time, uh, you know, enjoy them and, uh, enjoy having sex with them and Mm -hmm. have a sense of power. And at the same time, have a sense of kindness and caring and fight for women's rights and still be the man that you are. Mm -hmm. And so, there's this there's this massive identity crisis, and and it's not just for men. You know, mm-hmm. we we can look at this from male and female. And this conversation, just because it's called "Return of the Gentleman," is is in no way exclusive of women or ladies, mm-hmm. um, which is a counterpart to a gentleman. It's it's inclusive, and that that's also part of the difference in the conversation. But there are lots of resources for ladies to regain their sense of strength their sense of power just to start looking at who they are and who they'd like to be there're very few for men which mm-hmm. is why I started this conversation
0: yeah yeah and i think it's it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had and i think um kind of to what you spoke to that men who you know kind of fit in that in that stereotypical box of you know i'm a strong man um it often feels like they have to be one or the other. That they're either this super girly guy um, who's so yes. emotional, or they're like, "I like my trucks and my guns," um, and that, <laughs> and that, like, you can't have both because then you're not a man. And I think having this conversation, I even think to myself, you know, a lot of my listeners are female, and I think especially in in, in today's culture, um, there can be a bit of this anger and resentment and almost a sense of like being fed up with with men. And so feeling like there's perhaps a frustration even in, in discussing these issues for men of like, well, come on, like men have had everything given to them. So like, do we really need to have this conversation? Like they can figure their own shit out kind of thing. And I think it's so important to like take some of that take that wall down a little bit um, because yeah. as much as sometimes, yes, women have gone through a lot um, and I don't think that t- that talking about men's issues necessarily takes away from that and I think that it is really important to to discuss what men are experiencing and what they're going through and including them in these kinds of conversations um, Absolutely. because well, we all have I- relationships with each other. <laughs>
1: Exactly. And, and we all live on this planet together, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the thing is, from my point of view, including men in these discussions and having discussions where men can actually start to express what's true for them, it actually doesn't only not take away from women, it actually adds mm-hmm. because, and, and so let me make a distinction here because if, if I may be so general and I realize it's a generalization, but I want to, mm-hmm. I want to yeah. bring this to light, which is, there tend to basically be two types of people on the planet, both male and female. There's the growth oriented person who's looking for something different. They're the seeker. Um, You know, a lot of times I'll call them horse people or humanoids. They're Mm -hmm. the ones who tend to look out for others, care for others. They tend to be in a constant state of judgment of themselves, thinking that they're wrong and wondering why they don't fit in, you know, and wondering why they can't sort of fit the stereotype or fit the role and make it work. And then there's the sort of more fixed point of view oriented person, or I like to call them cow people um, or humans, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, and those are the people that are like, why are you doing therapy? Why are you looking for other possibilities? You yeah. need to just drink a beer and get happy watching television. You know,
0: mm-hmm. you and need so, to just go for a walk and you'll be happier.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they won't even go for a walk. They just want to sit on the couch and drink. No, mm-hmm. um, you know. But so, and what this conversation really applies to is those growth oriented gentlemen and ladies out there that are looking for something different and if we can put it specifically for gentlemen right now what it what it really is is these are the guys that are the ones having the masculinity crisis and the identity crisis mm-hmm. because they're the guys who look at what created the me too movement and they go yeah. they're as abhorred and angry and frustrated and upset about it as women are but now at the same time, now somehow everything that's male is now wrong. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait a minute, I would never do that. In fact, I would protect you to make sure it never happened to you. In fact, I adore you. In fact, I fight for women's rights and stand up for, for women and men. And, and so these are the guys that, that have pretty much relegated themselves to the role of doormat. Mm-hmm. And they have the point of view that if they have a point of view, they're wrong because they're not supposed to have a point of view because that's somehow abusive to the ladies in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so, and then the ladies are going, wait a minute, stand up, grow a pair, please. Come on, Mm -hmm. tell me what you want. You know? So, so this is conversation. I mean, it's a big one, you know, but it, it, it has so many aspects to it. But if we can start to recognize that there are so many men out there that are actually caring individuals that are actually kind guys that actually, are not only not abusive, they're, they're actually healers. They're, they're caring individuals who want to take care of people. We can start to shift the conversation somewhat so that we can recognize the gift that that is.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I do think too, that, even when you look at how people date now, like I've had, you know, a girlfriend come back from a first date and be like really pissed off that he didn't like try to kiss her on the first date. And I can only think of what was going through his mind, um, you know, the the fear and if I pursue this and, you know, what if she doesn't actually want this and that a large part of this does just come down to communication between humans. Um, Even I've, I've talked about... Uh, my experience with my current partner when we had our first even kiss of him asking literally if it was you know if if it would be all right if he kissed me um, and having that kind of layer of communication whether that was manly or not you know was a was a conversation um, and I'm I'm curious for you as you work with men on this and kind of navigating you know being a, being a gentleman post even Me Too, um, of how men are actually finding that they can pursue women. I think it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky place to be in.
1: Yes. It, it is a tricky world right now. Yeah. How did we get so lucky? You
0: know, <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> you know, that old Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times? Well, <laughs> here we are. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so part of that for me, uh, so One of the things I talk about in the book and also, but uh, the entire conversation for me is really about us getting in touch with what's true for us, Mm -hmm. both men and women. And, and, and undoing a lot of the, the nagging things that are there that we don't even, it's, it's almost like a, um, it's kind of like nagging in your head, but you can't quite hear the voice, but you, you can feel what it's sort of saying you can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. And and undoing that so that we can get to what's actually true for us. Because for me, a, a true gentleman is somebody who actually likes the man looking back at him from the mirror, who is honoring of himself and others, and also desires to contribute to the people around him, and also is willing to receive the contribution. And so that type of person is actually willing to have the communication when it's necessary. And, and we tend to know. You know, we there are lots of people who give us they give us signs, they give us clues. Mm-hmm. We've just so shut off ourselves to the energy of those. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I'm all for, for dynamic communication based on, based on being vulnerable with yourself and with the other person. Mm-hmm. And so what I, ins- what I talk to guys about is like, okay, follow your knowing here. And even, even up to before you even ask a girl out, like if you think about asking a girl out, and you get this weird sense of weird insecurity and you're not good looking enough and all that sort of thing. Well, get over that before you ask her out. Yeah. Or realize that that's what you're going to be dealing with on the date. Mm-hmm. Now, this is great dating advice for, for men and women yeah. is that that energy that you get when you think of going there is the energy you're going to get when you do go there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, and so you want to be aware of that. Like if you're getting ready for the date and nothing looks good on you and you feel like, it, you know, you you feel like the ugliest creature that's ever existed. You know you feel mm-hmm. like Golem. You know yes. coming out from my precious. Yes. You know realize that probably what's going to happen is is that person actually is probably they probably have a lot of judgment. That's probably where they function mm-hmm. from. They're probably more interested in their image than they are in actually getting to know you and and what's true for you. That's okay, fine. But you want to recognize that going in, and when you have that, then then you have more of a sense of of what the the playing field actually is mm-hmm. and so for me i what i suggest that guys do is ask ladies questions Mm-hmm. And you now I say, lady, um, and I know some people have this, you know, this connotation of lady. Like, stop calling me an old woman. <laughs> that's not what I
0: mean. <laughs> I always say, ladies. <laughs> okay, I like the word too. ladies. <laughs> so
1: do I. I think it's it's beautiful. You yeah, know? yeah. And and for me, that's sort of the counterpart to a gentleman. It's somebody mm-hmm. who who knows who they are and and is willing to be it. And so, what I suggest is, gentlemen, ask ladies questions. Ask them about themselves. Ask them about their points of view ask Mm -hmm. them what they know, ask them what, what they know that nobody's ever asked them, you know, ask them like, get to know them. And then what happens is there's this, there's actually a true intimacy that develops. Now we tend to think intimacy comes with sex. No, intimacy is, is a level of honoring trust, vulnerability, gratitude for the person. And Mm -hmm. that, And, and with yourself, you have to have it with yourself first, but you can start developing that, you know, on the first date. But what that does is that creates a space where it's no longer, I am, so, um, sorry, I'm trying to Mm -hmm. put my thoughts together because ADHD is a really fun thing to have when you're being interviewed.
0: Yes. Um, yes
1: I call it a superpower. Yes. 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 Um, So my superpower is activating right now is what's happening. Um, (laughs) Love
0: it. It's okay.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, So what happens is like, so rather than now, because what most people do is, you know how we have that image that we're trying to be, you know, we're like, no, no, I am perfect. I am Mm -hmm. beautiful. I always, you know, I always look this way. I always Mm -hmm. feel this way. I'm always happy, you know? And rather than that, my thing is be authentic, but ask them questions. And what that does, it starts to, change the place where they feel like they need to be perfect for you. Mm-hmm. They start to realize you're a real person. And let's face it, if we're going to have anything in the future, whether it's a kiss, whether it's sex, whether it's relationship, friendship, or anything else, it's got to start with this basis of authenticity. Mm-hmm. And and it's really easy to be it once again, when you have a bit more of a sense of who you are. Yeah. And then it starts breaking down the sort of the roles that people think they need to play of I'm gonna be the perfect woman or I'm gonna be the perfect man. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, hey, I'm a person. Um I'm here, I got cool stuff going on. I got, you know, yucky stuff going on, but here I am, warts and all. Yeah. I'm not gonna shove all the yucky stuff down your throat on the first date. Don't <laughs> yes. worry. You know, I'm not gonna tell you, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and bleed on you. Yes. But I'm not gonna hide the fact that That I'm not perfect. Yeah. And it's okay.
0: Yeah. And it's it's like it's kind of a wild thing to think that, you know, we that we wouldn't encourage just even the asking of questions on a date, right? Because that seems like such a such a given to do. But I think that when you do go into that initial phase of meeting someone new, that there are these kind of barriers and and layer of protection that we put up to kind of protect ourselves, which to a certain extent is normal. But I think throughout that interaction, unless you're in a good place with yourself and with, you know, being aware of what your insecurities are and what your triggers are and kind of where you're at and being okay with your imperfections and like accepting those, that... Then we do want to put out this you know box and this image that like yes, we are these things, and I can be all the things that you want me to be if that means you'll accept me <laughs> and it <laughs> right, like, exactly it creates this really um almost like a like a false relationship um when you're showing up and you're not fully being yourself. All right. Before we continue, I just want to take a short break to share one of my favorite sponsors, which is Native, which is an all-natural deodorant. And you guys know that I am all about all the natural products as possible and being very intentional about having safe, effective, simple products, um, whether it's with beauty or whether it's food. Um, all of that is super, super important to me. And so I really want to share with you guys Native, which has free shipping and returns, no animal testing. Um, Some of the ingredients that they use are like coconut oil, which is an antimicrobial, shea butter, which moisturizes and to... Topica starch. I never know how to say that word, but um, it helps to absorb wetness. Um, And so I've been using native for almost over a year now and have absolutely loved it. I have the coconut and vanilla and I take it with me everywhere. I even have like a really small little uh, travel one that I use and it's... It's so good. Like I literally, I love putting it on. It goes on easy. Um, I knowing that I know all the ingredients in it, that there's no aluminum or parabens, it just makes me feel so much better about using it. Um, and right now, you guys can get twenty percent off your first purchase if you visit NativeDeodorant.com and use promo code Taylor during checkout. Again, that's twenty percent off your first purchase. Visit NativeDeodorant.com and use promo code Taylor at checkout and enjoy. Enjoy using a safe, natural product that is also effective and works. And now we can get back to the show. Um, and to the, to the lady point, as I kind of think over this a little bit more, uh, the first thing I'm reminded of, um, I'm not sure if you watched this on HBO, uh, it was called Girls by Lena Dunham.
1: Nope, haven't seen it.
0: So uh, it's all about girls. And um, in one of the episodes, uh, one of the characters, Shoshana, is talking to the other girls. And uh, one of them had said, like, I'm not a lady. And she goes, yeah, you are. They're like, no, I'm not. And she goes, yeah, I'm a lady. You're the lady. She's a lady. We're the ladies. And it's one of my favorite scenes. But I think that there is this kind of like historical... Notion of what a lady is, and that she is this like, you know, soft, feminine um, kind of woman. And I think, you know, to your point of even like kind of hinting of like, this is the word I'm going to use. I hope that that's okay. (laughs) That some women could feel like, you know, that they didn't, that they don't appreciate perhaps the um, the historical perhaps conversation yes. associated with the word lady, but I think that it also, again, as we talk about like masculine, masculinity, that, um, you know, femininity as, as we work towards being more equal and wanting to be feminists and, and all of this, that, um, that there's, has almost been this like negative connotation towards being feminine as well. And women not wanting to be associated with being feminine as much because we do want to be seen as like strong women. Um, so I think it's, it is, it it is interesting to kind of think about that.
1: Truly. And it's also interesting. See, for me, my business partner is, uh, 28 years older than I am. So He's 29. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> he's he's, he's uh, 77. Mm-hmm. And and what's interesting is to get his perspective because his mom was a very strong woman. She ran mm-hmm. the household, and a lot of the women that he knew. And we we've had many conversations about this. And and wh- here's here's what I think. Um, if we get to the crux of the matter of this this idea that women have been held down by men and all that sort of thing. My sense is women have such a tremendous sense of power mm-hmm. that they could, if they chose, control any situation, almost any situation, and mm-hmm. almost any man. Okay. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the me too situations. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a whole can of worms that needs its yeah. own segment, you know, if we're totally. going there. Okay. But, but I'm saying in, in general life, ladies have such an immense capacity to, know what is required and also deliver it and also get shit done. Mm -hmm. And they've been told forever that, you know, they're not equal, et cetera. And one of the things that I've learned in the work that I do is the one time when it's really appropriate to get angry is when somebody is lying to you. Mm -hmm. And because, and what happens is you'll get angry. Like if you have a conversation and you leave it just fuming, what you want to do is you want to ask this, what is the lie spoken or unspoken? And what'll happen is once you spot the lie, all the anger goes away. And so it's there in that case to actually show you that there's a lie there. And my sense is women have been lied to. And when I say lied to, it's funny because we're like, well, who's lying to them? It's like, we're <laughs> all lying to each yes, other. That's everyone. the problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause you bring up the thing about the femininity and women don't want to be feminine because they don't want to be seen as weak. Mm-hmm. And yet, if you've ever seen a woman, like a Southern woman, for example, mm-hmm. and yes, it sounds a little stereotypical. I'm just trying yeah. to paint a picture here. Totally. But that woman who's willing to be highly seductive and also in charge and in control and get everything she wants. And and then we also look at that and judge that. And it's like, so so what I'm looking at is, from my perspective, women have a tremendous amount of power, a tremendous amount of potency. And the idea is, that, that they don't, that, you know, they've been told that, you know, if they're feminine, they're weak. And, but I don't know about you, but I know a lot of women who get shit done. Mm -hmm. And I mean, our, I, we are, we call them dazzles, you know, we don't call them teams in, in access. And we have, you know, we have something like 200 employees around the world and a vast majority of them that are the most creative are actually the women and the ladies in the organization and they are creative as as i mean it, it's and and I see that, and I'm like that's that's what women and ladies have the capacity to be that's what they actually are, and this lie that they're not is something that's just been perpetrated forever and needs to friggin change
2: because mm-hmm.
1: yeah. the women can be the power for change if they if they will be, and if we can wake up the gentlemen to actually gentlemen who see that gift and who are not threatened by that gift because they have a sense of themselves, mm-hmm. then we got a game-changing relationship, reality-changing world.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious to hear how some of the men that you've worked with um, have responded to this idea of being a gentleman.
1: Well, the way this actually came about, I think, is indicative. And and, and I've gotten feedback like this from a lot of people is um, when I was growing up, I, I had no male role models that were gentlemen. They just didn't exist. They were like stereotypical um, dynamically. So and um, and when I met Gary, my my business partner, 19 years ago, um, he was a true gentleman. He would not only open a door for a lady, which is one tiny aspect of it. What, what he would do is he would look for how he could contribute to everybody around him and he had a dynamic sense of himself and he wouldn't let anybody say, he wouldn't let anybody take away his sense of self. He'd let them all have their point of view and do whatever they needed to, but never, he would never diminish himself in their presence. Mm-hmm. And so I started learning how to be this way. And fast forward to, I don't know, I guess four years ago, something like that. Um, a young man who had been attending the classes that I deliver around the world. He had, I'd seen him in several places and we were having lunch one day and he said, I just want to thank you. I'm like, for what? He said, well, I have been searching for ever since I was a teenager for how to be a good man. And you know, he's a millennial, he can friggin' find anything. Mm -hmm. And he said, the only thing I could find online for how to be a good man were how to um, be the alpha male and be the dominant one of the species or how to lie about who you were to get women in bed Mm. and all these techniques and tricks. He's like, I never saw anybody who was a true gentleman. He said, and I've learned that from being around you and Gary. And I was like, from me? Whoa. Okay. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Um, And then three other guys walked over who were, have been in many of the classes also. And they heard our conversation. They said, yeah, we actually have a sense that we can be everything we are because we see you and Gary being honoring of people we see you not cutting off your sexualness and not cutting off the the fact that you're a sexual being we see you actually advocating for women's rights and for women to know how potent they really are and stop buying the lie that they're not and so what they what that's when i realized there was a different conversation that needed to be had cuz these guys had done online searches too to try to find something different mm-hmm. and so what i found is what the guys tell me after reading the book or, you know, doing some of the classes is I feel like I can actually be me now. And I used to want to have sex as a validation that I had value and that I was a man. And he's like, now sex is actually for fun. And the people that I'm choosing to have sex with are these really incredible people that are actually there present with me because I'm choosing from a different place. Mm-hmm. And then the guys that talked about relationship, they're like, oh my God, I have been choosing women who were basically abusive to me without realizing it. I'm actually I'm actually now getting in relationships with really kind women and I'm also having friendships with women that I never thought was possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so this is some of the response, but then what I think is also a really wonderful part about this is this one lady sent me an email and I've gotten several. Um, she said, my husband read your book and I have to say thank you. She (laughs) said, she said somewhere along the line in our relationship, this man just disappeared and I don't even know when it happened. And I feel like I have the man back that I married now and thank you so much. And I was like, Oh wow. That's friggin' awesome.
0: Mm -hmm. That's very sweet. All right. Before we continue, I just want to share a short little message here of one of my favorite products that I use when I travel. Um, and who's also a wonderful sponsor of the show. And that is Away, who you guys have probably heard me talk about. But I use their carry-on and then also a bigger carry-on. Um, but their suitcases are literally my favorite. And I think one of the best things about Away is that they have a hundred day trial um, on everything that Away makes. So you can take it out on the road, you can travel with it, you can live with it. Um, and if you decide it's- it's not for you. You can return any non-personalized item for a full refund. No ifs, ands, or asterisks on that. And you get free shipping. Um, I love that the suitcases are just like they're clean. They're designed very thoughtfully. Um, they help to keep everything organized, and it's actually like very lightweight. Like no matter how much stuff I manage to like put in there, it still is lightweight, um, and it has a minimal design look that uh, is really just good for like any context. I just, I always feel like so sleek when I travel with it. So I've been loving using them and you guys can get a little suitcase from Away if you go to awaytravel.com slash taylor 2019 and use promo code taylor 2019 again that's 20% off a suitcase visit awaytravel.com slash taylor 2019 and use promo code taylor 2019 during checkout and happy traveling for everyone and now we can get back to the show um something that you kind of talked about in your book was also, along the lines of um, men kind of getting in touch with their uh, not only their sexuality, as you just kind of spoke on, but also their sexualness, and yes. would love for you to kind of touch a little bit more on that piece.
1: Well, so sexuality, and, and I go into it rather in depth in the book for a little while because it's such a different concept. So we have sexuality, which people know what that is, you know, like mm-hmm. your sexuality is if you go. I'm gay, I'm straight, I'm bisexual, I'm trisexual, um, which I think is where you're willing to try anything sexual at least once or so, anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so you know so those are definitions of, of we think there are definitions of who and what we'll have sex with, but in actuality, there there are definitions of who and what we will not receive from energetically. because hmm. if you're a straight woman, let's say, and you have that as your sexuality, how willing are you to receive energy from, from gay women, from other straight women? And, hmm. and there's this weird thing where, you know, and in the book I talk about if you, if you define yourself as a straight man, that means you're willing to receive sexual energy from straight women. And let's face it, sexual energy is one of the funnest energies there is to play with, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And yes. But at the same time, if you define yourself as a straight man, for example then can you actually receive the gift of the sexualness and the sexual energy that your body is? And the answer pretty much is no, because, and it's just based on a definition. It's just based on us going, this is my sexuality. And we hold in place our sexuality with such highly defined, rigid Mm -hmm. points of view. And so the conversation what I'm trying to do is, is get people to, and and not drop sexuality, not go, Oh, I must have sex with everything. That's not what I'm talking about. That's a, that's a misstatement, you know, that a lot of people would try to go to instead, what it is, is there's this concept of sexualness that I found in, in working with people and, and having these conversations with people about the things that were going on for them and their bodies and their relationships and sexualness is healing, caring, nurturing, joyful, generative, expansive, creative, and orgasmic energy. So Hmm. once again, it's healing, Mm -hmm. caring, nurturing, joyful, generative, expansive, creative, and orgasmic energy. Now, notice in there, you didn't hear copulation at all, Mm -hmm. okay? Because copulation is about putting the body parts together, and that should be wonderful, awesome, and fun. Um, And that's one thing, but Notice in the sexualness, there's actually healing, there's caring, there's nurturing, joyful, generative, expansive, creative, and then orgasmic energy. And the thing is, what we've learned to do in the world we live in is we have this thing called orgasm, and we believe it is the culmination of sex, or hopefully there's a lot of that energy during, um, whatever we do, putting our body parts together. Um, but, Orgasmic energy is something you can get from a beautiful sunset, from, you know, from jumping into the water on a, on a hot day, from just standing there in the sun, from getting a great massage, from food that lights up every molecule of your body. That's an energy that we can have in way more areas of our lives that we don't often allow ourselves because we have this idea of there's orgasm and then there's everything else. Mm -hmm. Well, what if your life could be orgasmic? And that doesn't mean you go around shagging everyone and everything. Mm -hmm. What it means is, you know, what if your life could be more alive to the point where your body felt alive, kind of like it does when you're turned on, but it wasn't about just sex and sexual turn on. It was about how you create your life to have that energy.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the 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 tricky part of that is that first you have to be uh, you have to believe that you are worthy of that in the first place.
1: Well, there are two ways of going about it. Cause I definitely concur with with that. I concur with your assessment, darling. That's my, <laughs> my gentlemanly <laughs> thank voice here. Yes, yes, it's after tea with the queen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I concur with that. And at the same time, what I found is when people just start to choose more mm-hmm. of what brings their body this orgasmic energy, they start to realize it's okay. And like when I say, you know, I tell them they're like, I, I say, hey, um, when you go out to eat, choose a restaurant where and, – and just ask your body or just ask because you'll get a sense of it when you ask. Just because we somehow know these weird things somehow. Um, just ask, okay, which restaurant is going to be the most orgasmic food? And when you go out to eat, go to a restaurant that, that you're, when you put the food in your mouth, your body comes alive. Mm -hmm. And when you hang out with people, like who are the ones that make me happy? Because happy and orgasmic tend to go together. Happy and er orgasmic energy tend to go together. Like hang out with the ones that make you happy a lot more than the ones that don't. And you start to realize it's actually okay to have that energy in your life. You don't have to walk around like a problem-solving drone like most people think they have to in this world right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think like the... The reason I say sometimes I think that that could be tricky is because you do have to make that choice to be open to have those experiences. And a lot of that takes some vulnerability. And sometimes things like joy and happiness and an orgasm, you know, or orgasmic energy, the intake of those things can be the most vulnerable that we are. And, you know, taking that making that conscious choice to be open to that and to show up in that way, um, I think yes. does take a little bit of work. Um, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is like for me with the access consciousness tools, this work that I get to do around the world, mm-hmm. it's like it, it, I always tell people I'm like, look, these tools will make things faster than they've ever been before. It's it's like a personal development upgrade. Um, meaning it's like climbing on the rocket ship and getting off the tricycle. So you don't have to go through so much pain and suffering before you get to the, 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 spaciousness, the joy, the, the ease of things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you still got to do the work. Yeah. But, but if we don't, you know, if we, if from, you know, my perspective is if we will start talking about some of these things and let them, let people know they're available, then we have a chance of getting there. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, then people aren't even gonna know it can exist
0: totally totally and i'm I'm hoping we can get a little bit you know we've we've talked a lot about just like some of the work that you've done and the things that you've you know kind of learned throughout all of this work over the last nineteen ish years um but like how you've got to be in this place um I know you started off like you were a chiropractor.
1: Yes. <laughs> do you I still do that work? <laughs> uh, no, I actually do some energetic work that, yeah. that is kind of, it's the change I always wanted to create, which is why I went into chiropractic in the first place. Hmm. Cause mm-hmm. I, I wanted to, I wanted to create miracles for people.
2: Yeah. I wanted
1: to, you know, see things change like that was like magic. Mm-hmm. And now I see that, which is so much fun. Yeah. Um, but 19 years ago, here I was, I had what everybody thought was a perfect relationship. I was living in Santa Barbara paradise mm-hmm. and I was dying inside. I had been unhappy for the better part of three years. And I was, I'm one of these seekers. So I was doing every modality I could find, um, from psychology to metaphysics, to personal growth, personal development, money-making. Like I was trying anything. Cause I figured there's gotta be something different than what I was living. Mm-hmm. And I went to, I kept going to weekend workshops and I kept thinking I found the answer. And then by Wednesday, everything was back where it started. And I'm like, geez. And it was after one particular workshop that once again, on Wednesday, I'm not sure why hump day does that to people, Mm -hmm. but I woke up and it felt like the universe caved in on my head again, even though I thought I found the answer finally. And I said, universe, you have six months. Either my life changes or I'm killing myself and I don't care which it is. Mm -hmm. And I was serious and I literally planned the date, knew how I was going to do it. It wasn't around anybody's birthday or any holiday Mm because I didn't want anybody else to suffer. I just wanted out if I couldn't be happy. Mm -hmm. Because when I was a kid and they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I literally said, happy. And my grandmother said to me, she's like, no, you're not understanding the question. Do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be an actor? Do you want to be a garbage man? I said, yes, as long as I'm happy. Yeah. And and when she said, "You're not understanding the question, even as a six year old I was like, "I think you're not understanding the question, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, and to not be happy for the better part of three years, I mean my relationship was killing me. I was getting so much judgment, I didn't even realize it because hmm. you know I wasn't with somebody who was honoring me and caring for me mm-hmm. um and so anyway, that in conjunction with practice all these sorts of things, and so literally, after I said universe, you have six months." A week later, I saw an ad for Access Consciousness Bars and threw the paper away because it said, all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. And I'm like, (laughs) just go to hell. Yeah. And anyway, I found the paper the following week. My eyes landed on the same ad. It was the only thing I saw in the paper. I called the girl. I said, what do you do? She said, well, probably a good place to start would be with this Access Consciousness Bars. And I'm like, great. What's that? She's like, I'll just hold my hands on your head lightly. Take about an hour to an hour and a half. And, um, at the worst, you'll feel like had a good massage at the best, your whole life will change.
2: Hmm. And
1: I was like, my whole life better change or I'm killing myself. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. And I was in, you know, I live in California. I do weird stuff. That's fine. <laughs> and, yeah. um, so this lady comes to my chiropractic office. I'm laying down on my table that I hate because it's my table
2: mm-hmm. and I
1: hate everything about my life. And she puts her hands on my head really gently. And she seemed like a happy creature. One of the few I'd met in Santa Barbara. And this energy starts flowing through my body. And I was like,
2: oh, oh, goodness.
1: And literally I started giggling and I giggled for the entire hour and 15 minute session. And she put her hands on all these different places, you know, and I'm like, and I literally got up from that session and I went into it depressed and wanting to kill myself. And I literally got up looking at the clouds going, has it always been this beautiful here? if this is the way it can be alive to be alive, I'm in. And obviously I'm here. Yeah, And so it created so much transformation in one hour and 15 minutes that I was in and I started, um, you know, I started taking the classes and then within a short amount of time, I started working with the founder, Gary, and we've been co-creating it for the last 19 years. Um, oh, and what we do is we keep exploring new ways of creating change. We're on this, like, dynamic path of, of how do we create the deepest, fastest change possible that also lasts because we know there's something different possible. Mm -hmm. And so, and one of the things is we we've had a couple studies done on the bars and one of the studies that we had just found it had, I think 167 participants in it that it relieved their, so we, we studied stress, anxiety, depression, and uh, happiness. And the only two numbers that I remember was the stress went down 87% hmm. and the happiness literally went up 98%. Mm-hmm. And they're actually statistically valid studies. They were designed by a neuroscientist. They were designed by a doctor lady mm-hmm. and um, who knows how to do all that stuff. Cause I don't. And and it was very, and we have a couple others, but I don't, I can't, I don't recall the result, like the specific numbers of the mm-hmm. results, but we've seen this be able to change PTSD. We've seen it have amazing results in depression, anxiety, stress, the mm-hmm. happiness level. And what it seems to do is it seems to like, cause all the events that have ever occurred to us are still locked in our brain you know, you can take somebody through hypnotherapy and, and take them to an event that occurred at two years old and they can describe it perfectly. And so what this seems to do is it seems to unlock, it seems to, to somehow allow the brain to unlock the stuck patterns that are running, you know, where you get that little spinning ball on your computer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, seems like it starts to actually allow that to unlock. And And we've had people who had massive PTSD who are Pretty much over it in about three sessions of bars. There was a, the, and I know you hear that and you go, What? Well, Especially, yeah, I'm like, I
0: got a lot of questions here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, ask away. Yeah. But let me tell you this really quickly. There was this guy who was a uh, special forces in uh, Australia, and he used to wake up in the middle of the night punching his wife because he was in the middle of a PTSD episode. And so she came to access. She started running his bars within three sessions. He never did it again. But not only that, the wives of the members of his unit, she taught them to run bars. And they did it on all the, all the guys in their unit. They all started changing and getting over it. And I was like, yes, <laughs> score one for the good guys. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, the possibilities. Yeah.
0: And And when you say bars, so this is energetic work where you're just yes. kind of like holding your hands over the person or touching yeah. in certain places.
1: Yeah, it's a really light touch. There's these 32 points on the head and the reason we call them bars is because some of the some of the like you have a corresponding one on the right and the left in the same place. Mm-hmm. And there's like this energy bar that goes through them. That's what people say who see energy and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's that's not me. Hmm. Um Yeah. But there's these 32 points on the head, and whenever what, when you hold the point, what it does is it it basically uh, undoes the electromagnetic component of thought, the positive and negative, that keeps us stuck in these loops. Mm-hmm. And so the bars have names like money, body, uh, joy, sadness, creativity, hmm. um, time and space, communication. Like People who are always late, when you run time and space commu- and communication, they stop being late all the time. I mean, there's, there are these amazing things that I've seen and it's like, I wish I could, you know, I wish I could tell more people and have them actually believe that it's true because I've seen this with hundreds of thousands of people around the world. We're in 174 countries around the world. We've got over 10,000 facilitators of this. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you'll say, yes, they do access consciousness. And people go, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, cool, it must, you know.
0: And so when you did this uh, for the first time, did you then like, was there no kind of talk therapy or like actually, you know, kind of processing through the things that were making you unhappy and like how to change how you coped with those things? Or this was literally just like you went and you had this like access to, to this new consciousness and with the bars and then we're just like... Poof! I feel well, with, so much different. Well,
1: here's with the first session, there was no talking, but she said, "Here, here's a tool you can use for the next week." Because I didn't tell her anything that was going on, I was just like, "Sure, let me try this and see what it does." Yeah. And I, I, purposely didn't tell her anything because I wanted to see if it would work at all. Mm-hmm. And boy, did it work! Um, and then in in subsequent sessions, we had conversations about the different things that were going on. And, and the conversation was more about, it would be bringing up something, but then changing the underlying dynamics of what kept it stuck. And so it's like, when I say it's, it's a personal development upgrade, it's like, we have a a lady who's a psychologist. um, We have several psychologists, um, but a lady in um, Austria wrote a book called Pragmatic Psychology. And she's been delivering this to different um, psychology conferences around the world, and she starts it by going, "Guys, this is gonna be different. <laughs> so if you're not here for something different, mm-hmm. this is probably not the the one you want to attend. You mm-hmm. know, get your CEU someplace else. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But what what she talks to them about is how you can using bars as as one of the tools. We've got several tools, but using bars as one of the tools to fundamentally create a shift. And then also, though the the idea of being able to rapidly change the underlying component of what keeps us stuck, because so much of talk therapy is the talking to finally get down to that thing that it really is,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and let's face it, that is a that is a beautiful process in itself. Yeah, you know what I mean. And at the same time, if you could, if you could get to that in a more in a way that allows you it in, in other words you might still do the talk therapy um, but you'd have some tools to get to actually the underlying thing that's really sticking things a little sooner maybe a lot sooner depending on depending on the person and how you use it but at the same time you'd have this ability to unlock it at its source and create a, a fundamental shift. That the person would recognize in the session in the moment
0: now is is talk therapy something that you've done in, in the past?
1: yeah, it's something that I've done in the past, and it was it was one thing that i was was doing at that time when I wanted to end my life mm-hmm. and it wasn't getting me where I needed to go, and mm-hmm. you know and you can say that's the therapist or where I was, or whatever i I just figured you know my path was going where I went (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it's worked out pretty well. So, you know, for me, it's like, there there there's so many of these amazing ways of changing things Mm -hmm. that are available. And and sometimes there's something truly groundbreaking that comes along that changes the entire game. And of course, it takes a while for it to be adopted. But like, so for me, what I say is, you know, I was, um, have talked to many people who do many modalities and I go, look, you don't give up what you do. Don't give up what's working for you. You're doing it because it's working. Just add some of these tools and perspectives to it so you can do your job even easier and have even more result and and create the change you want faster where that's possible.
0: Yeah. And so then the people then that are... I mean... I certainly, I very much believe that there is energy in everything and that we do, you know, absorb and and give out so much energy. And so I think that there definitely is validity in that um, and the energy that we carry and and finding healing in that. Um, I'm curious what, like, for example, the woman that did this work on you, like, what kind of background, like cause I'm assuming not just anyone can you know um, execute this exercise with getting in touch with the bars and and all of this. So I'm curious what that background well, looks actually, like? Actually,
1: actually, the bars, the bars is accessible to anybody. Hmm. Um, you can do a one day bars class and learn how to do it as a practitioner. Um, because we wanted to make this available to people around the world. It's like, you know, you, we, you live in the same world I do. We, we all see all the stuff that's going on and this, this creates oftentimes and and not for everybody, not all the time. You know, it's not, it's not like, well, it's a miracle cure. Take the pill and you're done. No, it's not that it's just, it's a, it it has different perspectives and different ways to get where you want to go, depending on where, where that is. Mm -hmm. And so, so we have over 10,000 people that are facilitating bars classes around the world and, you know, making this available, it's a one day class. You can go and learn it and you trade twice. And so you learn this technique, you know, and if that's all you're interested in, great. And if you're interested in something else, you know, we have, we have stuff for that too. We have, many things mm-hmm. that go beyond that. But for me, it's this awareness that, that this, the, the, the de-stress factor that's possible and the sense of possibility and joy that I've mm-hmm. seen that comes from it is like, unlike anything else I've ever experienced. Yeah, It's, it's somewhat similar to that. If you've ever gone for a, you know, like a, like a nice, great long run or a cycle or a swim or something, and you come back and you got those endorphins and you're like, I'm alive. I feel good. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that, but not. It doesn't dissipate in the same way. It doesn't go away in a few hours or a day or whatever. It's like it starts to become become something that lives with you. And the end result is situations come up that stress out everybody else, and Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, well, I can handle this. Hmm. And and also you start to have this lightness in your life. Like you wake up with a sense of lightness. And a lot of people say, I wake up happy. It's amazing. I haven't woken up happy since I was a kid, you know?
0: Yeah. It, I mean, I am I, very intrigued by it. And I think like I'll definitely have to do some extra research on my own after this, just kind of to learn a little bit more about it. Um, I think for me, one of like the most interesting experiences around energy that I've had was doing like a, it's like a chakra thing um, that my girlfriend Vanessa and I did in Bali together. And it was really just like... Us making noises and, uh, <laughs> and it was, I had oh, no idea awesome. what we were doing, but it was this like real energy that was happening. And um, afterwards, it was this super orgasmic feeling. And her and I were both like, what the fuck? Like, we were not expecting to feel like this afterwards. Right. Um, and it wasn't, I mean, I wouldn't say it was something that was long lasting for me, but definitely an experience I think back to and, you know, I, I'm i very curious. Like I think part of me feels, I don't even know the word for it, but I think I, I always say, you know, because doing the work that I do, um, that things do take time and that, you know, sometimes you'll feel like you're making progress and other times you will kind of fall back into old ways or you will cope um, in a way that, you know, isn't good for you, but that through that whole journey, you know, that that's really a, a learning experience and that it eventually will get you to a better place and just that it does take time. And, you know, joking of like, I wish I could snap my fingers and overnight it could be different. But I think there is also this like hesitation to hearing that it could change things so quickly like that of yes. of me wanting and- to be like, well, <laughs> then what are you learning? Like, how do you know yeah. to cope with things differently if, if you haven't like necessarily done things or, or, you know, experienced other things, like it just happens like that with, with the change in energy?
1: Well, sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, but the thing is, if it happens just like that with a change in energy, then whatever work you needed to do, you've probably done in a different way because I am absolutely with you. You got to do the work. Mm-hmm. And, and anybody who says you don't is selling something or lying to you or probably both, you know? Yeah. And so, but what I'm saying is the learning curve or the, the curve of change can be so much faster the, than, than we thought it could mm-hmm. if we have some, so for me, it's like, and and like I said, I would never say to somebody, you know, stop doing what you're doing. Don't do access and set. No way for me it's like no do what you're doing but with some of these tools that because what they do is it's based on the awareness that we as beings when we don't create crap i mean if if you look at it it's like the only time we create crap in our lives is when when we go against our knowing when we go against what is our consciousness or our awareness and so and so this work is called access consciousness and you know the target is um consciousness which is total awareness but we we actually have a definition of consciousness which is where everything and everyone exists and no one and nothing is judged including all of your past choices including the experiences that you have had that you know may seem like scars and traumas it's like if you start to get a different perspective but it's not about it's not about the avoidance. I was I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about I think they called it spiritual avoidance. Hmm. You know that thing where you don't actually look at what is. You just go, "Oh, but it's from God, so it's okay," you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm like, "Well, then bring God down here to live my life for me, okay?" <laughs> um, you know, it's like, "Come on. No, that's that's not what this is about. This is actually about getting present with the the awareness of what is actually true for us. Beyond the trauma that we've experienced and it fully honors and acknowledges the, the trauma and the experience itself, but also, also gets you to the gift of whatever every experience has been a lot faster because you're able to go in with one of these things that we have. We call it a clearing statement. You're able to go in and change the fixed points of view that are underneath the thing that is sticking you. And what I've found is, is so many times the, the thing that pops open somebody's universe finally and, and actually sets them free from whatever trauma they experienced is, is when they're functioning from a lie of what happened or their role in the mm-hmm. situation. And and the lie that I found is always that we're less, the lie is that we're less when mm-hmm. actually we're more. And And what this does is it allows you to change sort of the bricks and the, you know, like the brick walls around the actual issue so you can get to it faster and get the acknowledgement faster and undo the lie faster, but then also change those points of view so that they don't limit you. And it's based on the idea that we are actually conscious beings. And, you know, I say consciousness and it can sound airy fairy to some people or like, what? I don't
2: Mm -hmm. get it. It's
1: just, it's just that there's more to us than, than we think, you know, we have people writing books on near death experiences, talking about different realms and that sort of thing. And we also see people who do things that we would call miracles, you know, like when the child is trapped under the car and the grandmother lifts up the car and the child gets out. You're like, wait a minute, hold on, (laughs) hold away. Wait a minute. That's not the reality as I was told it is, you know? Yeah. So there are these things that are beyond reality, beyond this reality that that we think we know, that we've decided is the way that it is, and in and, and so there are certain ways of creating change that are that if you can access the awareness of you as a conscious being, then the unconscious choices that you've made are a lot easier to let go of, and it's only our unconscious choices or our anti-conscious choices either being unaware or going against our awareness that keep us locked up mm-hmm. anytime you make a conscious choice or you know what i like to say is what's true makes you lighter a lie makes you heavier yeah
2: and so Very true. if
1: you choose the things that make you lighter it's like your life just gets lighter and what this is about is finding the lightness this is this is finding the pony under the piles of shit that are piled up in the barn
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know cuz we know if we get enough shit out of the way we'll find the pony called you under there somewhere
0: yeah <laughs> That sounds great. No one's ever used that kind of imagery before. That's fantastic. You're welcome. (laughs) Bring
1: it at home. making it it real.
0: Yes. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I I honestly have a lot more questions and would love to learn a lot more about the kind of work that you do and more about your story. But unfortunately, we're out of time today. Um, But thank you so much for sharing all of this with us and um, having this conversation with me going from masculinity to energy to consciousness it's been great
1: thank you Taylor and really I want to say a sincere thank you for what you were doing in the world and the conversations you're having and the doors you're opening it's an awesome gift
0: yeah thank you so much and if people want to find you um, or find some of your work where can people go to find you
1: uh, probably the best place would be with my website it's it's drdanehere.com, which is d-r-d-a-i-n dot com, and there's a bunch of stuff there that i put there as a contribution to people um just go there and check it out see if it resonates with you it either will or it won't mm-hmm. and you know and i've also got over 350 videos on youtube that are different tools that people can tap into
2: yeah you, you know, have a lot of subscribers on there yeah yeah got a
1: lot of you know i'm i my my target is the same one it was when i was a little kid mm-hmm. you know I want to be happy, but now it's like, I'd like to create a happy world. And I got some work to do.
0: (laughs) Got your work cut out for you.
1: (laughs) Exactly. But all those things are there as a contribution to Mm -hmm. people, as as my gift, a way of paying forward. The gift this work um, has been to me in the world and, and giving people some tools so they can start changing the things in their lives without having to pay for it. And so they can start to know that the change is possible
0: yeah awesome. well, thank you so much for all the work you're doing and um I'll put some I'll put the link to your website also in their episode notes for listeners to check out
1: great thanks taylor
0: and thank you to all of you listeners who have made it all the way through this episode and tuned in to listen to this topic today um love learning about new things and definitely encourage you guys to do some further research on this and let me know what you find as I'm going to be doing some of my own as well Um, but just want to say thank you for supporting the podcast and would love if you guys have a minute after listening to this to head over to iTunes and leave a review and let me know what you're enjoying about the show and if you don't have a lot of time maybe just leave a star rating Um, would love to see you guys show your support there on iTunes and I will be back next Next week with another fun topic. And I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. And I will talk to you next time.
2: This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It.
1: So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll Up to Win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus. Enter by 4223. See rules at RollUpToWin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited.